I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, a pandemic uproar over admissions to Lowell, San Francisco's most prestigious public high school. Education reporter Jill Tucker is going to join me on the podcast. But, Jill, before we get started, I want to tell everyone about a special project we're working on. It's a podcast series featuring political reporters Joe Garofoli and Tal Copen. It's called Chronicled, Who is Kamala Harris? It starts Monday, October 26th. We're going to go deep on the vice presidential nominee, who the Chronicle has been covering for more than 25 years. Jill, I don't know if you know this, but I personally covered her first election as San Francisco District Attorney. While the whole series drops October 26th, you can go now to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe and get ready. Okay, let's get to today's show. We are recording late at night, which is a bit unusual. It's late Tuesday night. Jill, you have, I was going to say you have been at the school board meeting, but of course you have not been at the San Francisco <laughs> school board meeting, but you have been taking it in, right? Yes, I have been locked away this evening in a room uh, watching and listening to the school board meeting. And shockingly, you know, it, as crazy as they can be sometimes in person, I got to say tonight's meeting kind of takes the cake. This this virtual meeting uh, was chaotic and tense and crazy and had a hot mic moment. And wow, this issue um, has really set this city off. Okay, so Lowell High School, I mean... Probably a lot of people have come across it. It is sort of a feeder high school to a lot of, of very elite colleges. It's on the avenues in San Francisco, and a lot of people um, want to go there. And um, all of a sudden, we're in a pandemic, and there's no way to do the usual grades and test scores that are usually that people usually submit for most of the spots at Lowell, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, we're just in this crazy moment with the pandemic, and and Lowell is an academically competitive high school. It's a public school, so it's kind of a rare one, right? There's there's not that many across the country that are like this. Um, some in New York, some in other places in, in Southern California, but but basically kids are kids are uh, admitted based on the top grades and top test scores. Well, we didn't have grades in the spring because schools closed, and San Francisco, like many other places, went to a pass fail system and they didn't administer the standardized tests. So essentially the school board said, look, we don't we don't have the criteria to do the normal admission process to Lowell. So we're just going to make the admission process like it is for all the other high schools, which frankly is mostly random. It's a lottery system for the most part. And of course, the reaction uh, was instantaneous and, and pretty heated with a lot of alumni and a lot of um, uh, families, uh, really, for lack of a better word, freaking out because, you know, this is a school that some families dream of their kids going to. Uh, kids have been working really hard and all of a sudden it's just turned into this, you know, uh, random process of, of whether they'll get in or not. So tonight's meeting was the first hearing on it and boy, was it crazy. Okay. Before we go further, you, this was the first hearing on it, but, but did they decide? whether they're going to for sure go to the lottery system? Well, they didn't for sure decide because they take a vote next Tuesday. So I'll be going through this all over again <laughs> next Tuesday night. <laughs> um, but uh, essentially, the school board members really did uh, voice support for this proposal 
because essentially they don't have a lot of options, right? Um, a lot of people suggested using grades from the fall semester of seventh grade and the fall semester of eighth grade. But the problem with that is, you know, um, that means that only one semester of, of uh, the decision-making process would be from in-person learning. And a lot of people don't think that distance learning has been very fair or very effective. Um, so it's really hard to, to know um, or to decide on sort of a student's high school fate based on one semester of in-person learning and, and that's it basically. Um, so, uh, the school board sort of rejected the pleas for, for an alternative format. Um, but they will take a vote next Tuesday. So I, I suppose they could still change their mind, but a definite majority of board members, uh, said they supported this idea of sort of a lottery system for, for one year. Um, you know, and then, and then basically see what happens after that. The story kind of has it all. I mean, the the disruption that we felt because of the pandemic, um, the idea of whether some of the things that are that are merit based or elite or or, or have uh, different kind of systems for getting in in this country are can sometimes be biased and might not take into account um, might kind of perpetuate um, inequalities you know, in this case happening earlier in, in children's school lives. And so you can see the tension. I, I want to just ask you a couple basic questions. Let's just talk about admissions. I mean, in, in, in San Francisco, there is a, a few wrinkles, right? I mean, like if your sibling gets in ahead of you, then you get an advantage, right? How, how else do admissions work in San Francisco? Yeah, so for the high schools, um, it's it's not based on where you live. It's really based on a, a random system with a few caveats. And so um, it, it's based on priorities uh, or preferences. Uh, first, it goes to if you have a sibling at the school, then you get top priority. Then the second uh, level is for uh, students of Willie Brown Middle School, which is in a low-income neighborhood, uh, typically uh, students of color, um, low-income students. And so students there get sort of top priority if they go to that school. They've wanted to drive attendance that, at that yeah, school. Yeah, it was sort of an incentive, right? Yeah, to, to yeah it's an incentive. Brown. Sure, yeah. It's a brand new school. They wanted to get people into that neighborhood. Usually people go out of that neighborhood to go to school. Um, and then um, the third is if you live in what they call a CTIP one zone, which is basically a census tract where uh, test scores of students are fairly low, then you get the next priority into the school. And the idea being uh, to help diversify and desegregate many of the schools in San Francisco, they adopted it. It hasn't worked very well, but it still exists. And so after that, then it's total random. About 900 kids are accepted into uh, Lowell every year. Uh, the school has about 2,800 students. Um, and, the, and each class is about 650, 700 students. So um, it's, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people worried about, uh, you know, in a random situation that their kids are just not going to get in. And it is devastating families that have put all of their hopes in this very elite academic high school. And those aren't just families that live on that side of the city, right? Some want to travel pretty far across the city to get there. No, a lot of people will travel from the farthest corner to get to Lowell. I, I think it can Outreach be difficult. Way. 
Oh, at least, yeah, on Muni. Um, and, and I, you know, and I think it can be difficult for a lot of, of, of students to get there. Uh, but the reality is this is one of the top public high schools in the country. I mean, alumni include, um, you know, Stephen Breyer, the Supreme Court Justice, Diane Fossey, the, the, um, renowned guerrilla researcher, um, authors, singers, actors, um, you know, it's Daniel Handler, who's Lemony Snicket, is graduated from there. So you just, the the elite alumni that come out of that school and what they do, I mean, Hewlett, uh, uh, Bill Hewlett, you know, Hewlett and Packard went there. So um, the guy who found a gap, I mean, the list goes on and on and on of, of people at this school, um, you know, doing amazing things, making a, a name for themselves. So I think... Um, you know, there's a lot of competition to get into the school. Usually they have about 2,000 applications um, and only 900 are admitted. Um, and, you know, it's based on test scores. It's based on, you know, and, and basically you're getting, it's free, right? It's a public school. So it it's considered, you know, the equivalent of a very high-end private school, but it's free. So uh, lots of competition to get in there, lots of dreams and hopes to get in there. But the reality is this is a school that has long uh, been considered uh, less than diverse, if you will. It's uh, district, school district officials have tried to find ways to diversify this. I mean, out of the 2,800 students, less than 2% are African-American. Uh, more than 50% are Asian-American, um, which for both are, are disproportionate to the population in San Francisco. So this has always been a concern about, you know, how, how much equity is there? Is it a really a merit-based system when low-income students of color don't have the tutors, don't have the same opportunity perhaps as other families in the city? So all of this is playing into the discussion, into the to this heat of the moment that we're having with it. Um, I would venture to guess it's not only the pandemic, but also the Black Lives Matter movement. We have a lot of things coming together right now that are just propelling this discussion into a frenzy. Okay. Quick break. When we get back, I want to ask you about that hot mic moment that you mentioned from the school board meeting. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by education reporter Jill Tucker, who was watching the San Francisco school board meeting Tuesday night, taking up this hot button issue about Lowell High School that uh, brings up so many issues about whether schools, public schools, should be elite and should should have the merit-based factors that, that Lowell has. So, Jill, kind of walk us through the meeting. What was that like? Well, this was a crazy meeting because obviously people feel really, really passionate about this on both sides. Um, but there certainly were an awful lot of people opposing this um, that wanted to speak. Uh, and, uh, you know, lots of alumni, lots of parents, some kids. Um, and and they limited the public comment to, to an hour. So half an hour for the opponents and half an hour for the people who support the proposal. Which, of course, led to, you know, a lot of angry people who didn't get to speak, who then interrupted the meeting and other speakers and tried to speak when the pro side was speaking. And and it was just, you know, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of... of um 
comments that a lot of folks considered to be sort of code language of, of people talking about kids getting in under a lottery system that didn't belong there. Um, and, and so it, it really, um, it, it really kind of devolved into this very ugly, um, divisive, um, conversation, uh, public comment. And uh, you could tell by the, the board members afterward. In fact, uh, board member Rachel Norton said this was a very ugly day for San Francisco after the public comment. Wow. And then what was the hot mic moment? So uh, during the public comment, a lot of people were, were speaking against the proposal, saying that, you know, Lowell deserves to be this merit-based system. It's all about the kids who go there. And again, this is not a very diverse school. So I, I think some people looked at that and, and interpreted that as as what they said, racist. But um, Allison Col- Collins, uh, a, a school board member, apparently had her microphone on and uh, was talking to either somebody by phone or somebody in the room and just said, um, I'm listening to a bunch of racists. And so she she basically was was telling somebody that she thought the people speaking against the measure were racist. So it was a very it was a very, you know, there was sort of a gasp and a silence, and uh, you know, and then, of course, it erupted on social media. Yeah, I mean, you can really see <laughs> you can see both, you know, sort of the, the competing sides. Right. I mean, there there's people that's I, I and a lot of them have contacted me that said, like, San Francisco can have an elite high school. There needs to be a place. I think someone even messaged me and said, um, hey, I was I was sort of looked down upon because I was so into my academics in school and I found a, a home at Lowell High School. And on the other hand, I think maybe the hot mic moment is getting at, you know, perhaps a little bit of reminiscent of Donald Trump's comments about the suburbs and, you know, hey, if we let other people in, um, it's going to it's going to degrade uh, the school for four years. And, and you can sort of see, you know, perhaps some some shades there of that. And, and I know people have responded that way. What? What an issue, right? I mean, it, it feels like it gets at the larger questions about San Francisco and the admissions processes and busing. Um, it just touches on all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I mean, San Francisco is the iconic liberal city, right? I mean, but even in San Francisco, we we have these debates and we have the issues of social justice and equality and um the income gap and racism and all of these things you know that that still show up here i mean it may look a little different it may look like you know a really nice high end public school rather than you know something else but it it you know it it's all of these things that are playing out across the country are are playing out here too it it might look a little bit different but this issue right here sort of encompasses all of that stuff elitism and uh, racial equity and um you know disenfranchisement and and all of these things that we're grappling with through this election season and and in general in the country so i i think in general there's there's a lot of people are looking at that be- at, at this because of that and on the other hand the the Lowell people are so passionate about this school that you know the alumni i mean they love their this their high school and and what it did for them and and it it's it's sort of like 
if, if you're a Lowell graduate, you're part of this, you know, elite club. It's like Harvard or Yale or something like that. And, and I think they don't, you know, there's, there's the idea that any change to sort of that high admissions process, um, is going to water that down and make Lowell not quote unquote Lowell. And I, you know, the other side is basically, well, what makes Lowell Lowell, right? Is it the teachers? Is it the opportunities? Or is it just, you know, kids who spend all their time doing homework? Or is it the brightest kids? Or, you know, so it's it's a conversation about, and then who deserves that, right? Who deserves a school with all those AP classes and debate club and all of those things? It's such a great way to put it. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sort of picturing a couple of students and I don't want to simplify, but I'm picturing a student who has with perfect marks, who's, who's, you know, at the absolute top of the class, top of the test scores, who's so alarmed that, that they might not be able to achieve their dream of going to Lowell. And then I'm also picturing a student that maybe gets in that wouldn't have, who might have a life changing experience and go on to great things because they were exposed to that environment. And, you know, those are simplifications, but, but it certainly shows that there's uh, more than one side to this. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's, I mean, you sort of encapsulated the debate there to a certain degree that, I mean, there's a lot of kids that technically qualify for Lowell. There's sort of a minimum, right? A minimum point number that you have to get in order to qualify for Lowell. The problem is a lot of kids like 2,000 kids meet that at least, but they don't get in because it's only the highest, you know, there's a cutoff, right? And so only the highest scores and the highest grades. I mean, so you can imagine, you know, that school is full of 4.0s from middle school, you know, the highest test scores uh, on a standardized test, Um, you know, but not everybody gets in that is, you know, academically qualified or that would do well there. A lot of kids would do well there that don't get in. And there's certainly a lot of kids who've been disadvantaged, you know, in in life, who've suffered tragedies or community violence or or other types of things that, you know, maybe didn't get the chances that other kids got, but would thrive there at Lowell, right? And become the next Supreme Court justice. You you never know, you know, the cure cancer. Um, you know, so these are all the discussions that people are having. What's fair? What's equitable? You know, this is a gem in the city. Do we want to make it, you know, open to everyone? And what does that mean if it just becomes another high school in the city? Jill, let's leave it there. Thank you again for coming on and also for covering all of the changes that are going on in the schools. Um, you, you know, the the stories are incredible. I mean, it's a, it's a really unbelievable time, and you do a great job capturing what that's like for the students and the families. Oh, well, thanks. It's been a crazy year. I will say that. Thanks to my guest today, education reporter Jill Tucker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. 